Welcome to Fringe Division. Degrees. Hello and welcome to Fringe Division, the spoiler-free rewatch podcast of the hit TV show Fringe. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Martin. Today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 16, Unleashed. It was written by Zach Whedon and J.R. Orsi and directed by Brad Anderson. So, Martin. I'm really annoyed. I thought of a really funny thing to say and it completely blanked on it. Oh, I hate it when that happens. So, Martin. Hi, how you doing? I didn't stir my tea. Oh, stir your tea. Use your finger. There we go. Right. What did you use to stir the tea? I used my, I used a spoon, Jimmy. You actually had a spoon with you? Of course. I'm always prepared for any eventuality. Yes. So why didn't you stir the tea when you put the sweetener in the tea. I was rushing to get to the podcast. Ah, fair enough. Always fucking blaming the podcast. Honestly, officer, it's for a podcast. <laughs> Honestly, officer, the dead bodies in the back of the booth, it's for a podcast. So, Martin, what did you think of... Oh my God, what's happening in my voice? <clears throat> what did you think of... Um, well, I don't unleashed. think it has your usual baritones, but it could work for you. Yeah, I know. What did you think of this episode? I would say it was really bad, but other episodes were so much worse. So I like, guess it was fine. What episodes were worse than this? The last one? Mm. That episode five or whatever it is, where Peter's like, I don't know if I believe in weird sheep anymore. <sighs> and then goes back to believing in weird sheep the next episode. Yeah, exactly. It was like... For a mid-season, let's have a creepy bastard be weird episode, it, you know, did what you'd want. You know, Walter had some involvement, so it wasn't just like, my word, what an unexpected phenomenon. Walter's like, oh yeah, that was a thing I doodled once. Oh dear, did someone make it? Well, it's, it's, it's not mid-season, to be fair. We're almost at the end. But it's this is why... I don't like 22-episode seasons. This is only 20, but I don't like 22-episode seasons because we get shite like this. My argument would be that by saying you don't get shite like this in a 10-episode season, that 12 episodes of a 22-episode season are this bad, which they are not. Yes. But... No... I'd rather like people don't people didn't like One Division, but I liked One Division. And the only episode of One Division, Jimmy, it's not on the approved list. We're all r- r- really annoyed with the ending. Exactly. I I wasn't annoyed with the ending, but I did think the ending kind of lacked something. But that's 
that was COVID. <laughs> that kind of messed them up. The whole COVID thing. Um, which is why Kat Dennings' character is only in it for like three seconds. And she's oh, was it supposed alone. to be something different? Yeah, she was supposed to be in it more. You know, Marvel's all this continuous stuff, and these TV shows aren't going to end end. They're just setting up another movie or another show or something. That's what it is. It's just continuous. And that's why they're ultimately unsatisfying. Welcome to Observing the One Division. He's Jimmy, and I'm Martin. But are the movies unsatisfying to you? Or is it just because it's a TV show? Hey, the TV show is basically just a long movie, sorry. So what's the difference in watching a movie and then it's setting up another movie than this? Setting up another movie. One of the long-standing complaints about the movies has been just that. But is that your complaint of the movie? Of the movies? I guess. I mean, <laughs> I try. I, I really want to be one of these cool people who are like, hey, yeah, I don't watch those Marvel films. But then Doctor Strange makes a joke about his favourite takeaway. And I'm like, that's funny because he's a superhero, but he gets Deliveroo. And I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's okay to like the movies. Like, I don't love the movies. I wouldn't say they're my favourite. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because they are, like, there's not really the same depth to them as some other big blockbusters manage, but I do enjoy them. What big blockbusters manage depth? Star Wars. Fuck off, Jimmy. <laughs> do they, though? The, the recent Star Wars movies are just as hated as some of the Marvel stuff. Oh, they're a lot more hated, but those people are idiots. Right. Last Jedi rules, come at me! So, basically, it's a personal preference thing, man. No, this is the internet, Jimmy. We can't have that sort of discourse. See, it's fucking weird. Like what you like, dislike what you dislike. Doesn't matter. Just And that was our April Fool's gag. Got ya. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> um, we are actually recording this on April Fool's Day, but now it's... Or are we... <laughs> we are, but it's noon, and and you know usually you're not allowed to trick anyone. It, it after wasn't noon. when I made that gag. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was just one minute too. He did it right on time. Anyway, and now you can't get me back. Touche. Um, but you didn't fool me though. I fooled the listener. No, you didn't. You just said April Fools, but there was no actual fools. Maybe we were all the fool, Martin. I think it was the French. I think they had a different calendar for a bit, and that's where April Fool's Day comes from. Right. Right. So it's the French. So it's the fucking French. Right. As always. Um, I, I said something about the French in, one, in my other podcast, and um, I think if anyone listens to both podcasts, they're actually going to think I hate the French. <laughs> and um, Well, I do. But, right. I don't really. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, why yeah. is there uh, no French superheroes? Why, Martin? They surrendered. <laughs> Martin can see that. He lived in France. He knows French people. April Fool's is an official holiday in Ukraine. Is it? Yeah. So you didn't like this episode of French then, Martin? This episode of French? Well, French, I said. Martin! Oui, je Où est la bibliothèque? J'aime le poulet. 
I told you we should just have like a cheat sheet and just do the good ones. But we don't know which ones are good and which ones are bad until we watch them. Yeah, we do. We've seen it before, mostly. Well, I don't remember them, though. I remember. Yeah. I don't remember how I feel about the episodes that I watched ten years ago, Martin. So did you like this one? It's not that I didn't like I don't think it's a bad episode. There's just there's a lot wrong with it. It's very, very trope-heavy. This is the kind of episode you get when you have a 20-episode season to fill, uh, which you wouldn't get in a modern 10-episode season on a streaming service. This is true. It's (laughs) it's very trope-heavy. No, this episode was fine. It didn't... Um, you know, if I was like saying to someone, Oh, you want to try out Fringe, but you don't want to start at the pilot for some reason? Check out episode 16. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much wrong with this episode. You know, it kind of feels like they came into the writer's room and went, Okay, we're almost done. Screw it. Let's do that monster on the loose one you've been pitching all season. Blah. Yeah. See, the thing I hate about this episode is you could probably put a, a laugh track over parts of this episode. And I did. <laughs> um, because in the very first scene where Olivia is talking to um, Ella and then Ella says, there's no such thing as monsters. as uh, And then um, Olivia says, no, there's not. Cut to a scene where there's a monster. And then later on, when Olivia is interrogating the doctor... That was a proper last of a summer wine moment. Yeah, she's interrogating the doctor and... Um, wait a minute. Holy shit, I wrote a lot of notes, Martin. Yeah, so did I, maybe. <laughs> oh, Martin... The part where uh, Dr. Swift says, I assure you there was no break-in. And then there's a pause and then enter a guy holding a paint roller with paint on it. You know what I mean? It's like stuff like that. It's like, are you are you trying to be a comedy now? Yeah. Um, And then it's just the tropey monster attacking people thing. Mm. It's, it's not very good, this episode. I wouldn't say it's bad. It's a bit by the numbers, yes. on the rails, as it were. Yes, but there's still things in it that you can take enjoyment from. Mm. And 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 we don't need this Olivia as jealous of Rachel and Peter stuff. We don't need it. We don't need any of the uh, Rachel stuff, to be fair. No, we don't. You are perfectly correct, Martin. We don't need any of it. So, let's go through the, the plot. Hooray! Animal rights activists ransack a laboratory and unwittingly release a creature with a ferocious appetite, Martin. Did you know that most insurance companies won't actually allow you to attend an alarm call-out without a uh, security guard or police officer? So it wasn't very realistic how that guy just got alerted and turned up. Mm, Okay, fair enough, that's true. Um, I haven't done this in a while, but there's a um, a, a mess-up, a fuck-up. I'll just say fuck up. Why not? I can swear. I'm an adult. Um, with the subtitles, when the girl says, come on, Jonathan, and then he hears the noise behind the door, uh, he he says, hold on a second, but the subtitle adds, there's something else back here. But he doesn't say that. I think they usually get the scripts. Um, I know, I know. But there's... For the subtitles and don't 
always line up with the final cut. I know we've said this before, but I didn't know you. Wa- I didn't know you watched the subtitles. We've had this conversation before, man. I don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Fucking dick. <laughs> I. It depends what I'm watching it on. Like if I'm watching the Blu-ray, it would be I would have subtitles on in case I miss things. Or if I'm watching it on Stars Play, I watch it with subtitles. But if I'm watching it on Sky, downstairs, then I don't. Because there's no subtitles. This is when the tropes start coming in. It's like, you know, opening a massive door that you clearly shouldn't open. Have these kids not seen 28 Days Later? Exactly. Although, to be fair, they'd have been about 10 when that came out, so I can't hope they hadn't. Yeah, true. Uh, I saw horror movies when I was 10. Yeah, look how you turned out. Exactly. Yeah, I'm a serial killer. Right. So, I'm not really. Please don't arrest me. As they flee in an SUV, the... Oh, that rhyme. As they flee in an SUV, the creature follows and grotesquely mutilates them. When they're escaping in the car, the subtitle says... Give me a second to think here, but nobody actually says that. Sometimes subtitles are what they're for what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Just it gets us into the minds of the characters as well, the subtitles. Yeah, like the old thought bubbles in comics. Exactly. The French team consisting of FBI agents Olivia Dunham, Charlie Francis, Philip Broyles, um, and civilian consultants Peter and Walter Bishop arrives and Walter sees evidence of different creatures' marks on the bodies. Olivia realises one of them is missing, and after interviewing a student at MIT to try to identify the victim, she realises there were animal rights activists while conducting autopsies in the bodies. An animal control team at a different site is killed by the creature after investigating a call. This episode would have been significantly better had it actually been a pterodactyl, as Walter suggests. Yes, it would have been. Although that would have been... What was that ITV show with dinosaurs? Primeval. Primeval? Yeah, Primeval. I never saw that. I don't know if it was any good. I don't know if I'd watch that show and go, ah, this would have been better with genetic mutants. Well, that was ITV trying to do a Doctor Who thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Like a a Saturday evening family-orientated action drama. It wasn't very good. Oh. When... Peter and Walter are arguing over the ear omelette. Peter says that's hardly the point, but the subtitle adds the word dad to the start of that sentence, which makes me think that that's just a mistake. That seems like a mistake, because... Yeah. Does Peter ever call him dad? No. No, he only ever calls him Walter. He never calls him dad, and he didn't call him dad in that point anyway, so... Also, I need to ask you something, Martin. Did I miss something here? Because Olivia asks the trouserless guy um, at MIT about Chris, but they didn't get any names from the body, so how did she get the name Chris? Oh, um, she heard him thinking it. (laughs) Uh, So no answer to that then? No. No. So I have to say, for someone who's clearly on a drug famous for its paranoia-inducing tendencies, that guy really managed to keep his cool. He did. Although there was no evidence he was actually... He'd um, puffed some weed before he answered the door. He just had a, a bong there. And a, a very colourful t-shirt. Yes. I think oh, it's oh. entirely likely he had partaken. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not saying he'd never partaken. 
I'm just saying that there's no evidence that he had partaken before he answered the door. Maybe he was about to partake. That's why the bong was clean and sitting on the thingy on the counter. That's maybe he was just getting ready to. Mm. I do find it weird how in um, modern TV shows now that it's legal in a lot of America, they will just have people either getting stoned or talking about getting stoned. Um, where not that it didn't happen before, but the um the way like the sensors of the rating systems um label things. It's not that characters can't take drugs; it's they can't take recreational drugs. So mm-hmm. there was a lot less on television than you'd find in real life, and then suddenly all the TV characters are getting stoned, and it's like, what? You can do that on TV now? Yeah. It's legal a lot in America now. I mean, I guess it's how, this is how our grandparents felt when uh, films started depicting people having affairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny because famously in the 40s, uh, films wouldn't be released if they had characters uh, having extramarital affairs. I'm hilarious. Fair enough. <laughs> While investigating the animal control deaths, Charlie's attacked by the creature... But it fails to kill him after Olivia, arri- uh, after Olivia arrives on the scene. L's and R's. Walter explains he believes the creature is a man-made chimera, which has the best genetic traits of many different creatures, including a lizard, bat and wasp. He had tried to create the creature years before, but his experiments failed and concludes that someone else must have taken up his research. Though initially thinking Charlie was healthy after the attack, they realised the Chimera's stinger injected him with its larvae and he has less than 24 hours to live. Womp womp. So is this the first time we learn that Charlie's married? Yes, I think so. Certainly yeah. first time we see her. Yeah, it's the first time we see her. And there's a fact and about that coming up later. Well, you can say it just now if you want, because I'm going to talk about her. So stick around. Um, <laughs> that's the actor's wife too, playing the character's wife. Yeah. Kirsten Warren, who I know from, she was in Independence Day, and she was also in Saved by the Bell of the College years. That's how I know her. Who was she in Independence Day? She was the, the, the friend who goes to the top of the building and waves the thing. All the people go to the top of the building and then they get blown up. Oh, Yeah. This, I think this is the first time you've seen Charlie shirtless, and Charlie works out. His his biceps are bigger than my niece's head. He never really explains why he's got to nip out, um, which you would think would be required, considering in the next scene he's still shirtless, suggesting he didn't even stop to get dressed. No, he did. He did get dressed. He he puts a he puts a jumper on when he's answering the door for Olivia. Okay, good. Um, he just takes it back off again because. Yeah, why wouldn't you? I did notice that in the uh, scene where they're investigating the crash, he had some cool sunglasses. I think he was trying to audition for a CSI show. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Because this is really the first episode that Charlie gets to do anything. And it's get attacked by a monster and lie in a bed. While um, insects are running around inside them. Astrid was pretty jealous. Yeah. Astrid got to pretend to throw up, though. So, you know, there you go. That was something. It's there's too many, still too many characters. We've got rid of one character and one never shows up, but we still have too many characters. Right. After experimenting with poison fails to kill the larvae in Charlie's body, 
Walter believes that mixing the Chimera's blood with Charlie's will stop the larvae from attacking and bursting out of his body, as it did in the other victim's corpses. Blah. I did have a Blah. proper moment of, uh, is Charlie going to die? Yeah, I've, I've had my issues with Charlie, but I'm glad he didn't die, because mm. I think that's just a cheap trick. Well, yeah, be, it'd be a shame if they uh, killed him off in, uh, you know, a naff mid-season episode. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it would be quite ballsy to do so, but kind of pointless, ultimately. Well, look how that worked out for Tasha Yar. Exactly. And and I'm with Astrid in the maggot scene. I wanted to throw up as well. Larvae. But they called them maggots and then... Um, got corrected because they were larvae. Got... Yeah, no, I know, Martin. <laughs> Listen to what I'm saying. They said maggot, I wrote down maggot, and didn't correct it because I couldn't be bothered. And that's what I'm here for. Yes, you're here to correct me. But uh, you don't you don't have to correct me. I know they're larvae. So, we've got this stupid fucking filler scene with the kids and his mum in the play park. My favourite thing about that is the mum sees something in the tube with him, uh, goes and grabs him out. The kid doesn't see anything, but when she grabs him... He's all sad and upset. Whereas, yeah. from the kid's point of view, he's having the time of his life in some sort of uh, extravagant tube, and his mum comes and grabs him for a surprise hug. He did hear a noise. He didn't see the thing, though, but he heard the noise. Kids do hate noises. Yeah. Um, that scene was pointless, though, wasn't it? Well, it just shows how scary the monster was if you're a five-year-old. Yeah, exactly. They weren't going to infect a five-year-old. They weren't going to infect a kid. I don't know, they infected Charlie and he's pretty lovable. Yeah, true. But, sometimes. Depends who's writing them. No, they wouldn't have done that. So that was that was pointless. That was just pointless, unneeded tension, Martin, in my opinion. It's okay for you to disagree, Martin. Maybe you thought it was the best scene in a TV show ever. Well, but. as we've pointed out previously, the uh, at least this season... The episodes are about five or ten minutes longer than uh, most other TV because they're coming in around fifty minutes rather than sort of yeah. forty or forty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what you end up with. But they could cut that out and just make it normal forty-five. Yeah, I would also say we didn't really need the scene with the animal guys, the animal um, guys. No, <laughs> animal protection guys, whatever they were. But then we. Kinda needed them for uh, Charlie to find the van, mm. um, but yeah, their scene just sort of went on a little bit too long. And another trope, Martin, is movies and TV shows always show people going into a sewer, complain about the smell, yet they continue to walk around in the sewer unaffected. They don't wear masks or cover their mouths or even throw up constantly, and don't pick up any sort of illness from being down there. Exactly. So that's that's another trope. That I dislike, Martin. And they never encounter any turtles. No. Eating pizza and shouting cowabunga, dude. Olivia learns one of the victims, Jonathan Swift, was the son of a scientist who tests on animals. This was after he wrote Gulliver's Travels. Exactly. And was killed while breaking into his father's lab. They also realise the Chimera was created based on work by one of Walter's peers, not Walter himself. <gasps> da 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 um, no, that didn't really deserve a da 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 It was pretty good. What, my da-da-da? Yeah. Thanks, mate. After several sightings, the French team move into some nearby storm drains and bait the chimera with its larvae. 
See, larvae, man. It's not maggots, like you said. <laughs> Feeling somewhat responsible for some obscure reason, Walter locks himself in with the Chimera and ingests some poison that will kill him within the hour, believing that if it kills him, the Chimera will only become itself. Um, so This is a different what? side of Walter. We've never really seen him, you know, be heroic. Yeah, and I don't know what they were trying to do with Walter and Peter constantly arguing at the beginning. Well, they were building up to the moment where Peter says, I don't want you to die. But we already know he doesn't want him to die, it's his dad. Yeah, but this was uh, episodic television in 2009 and they couldn't rely on you remembering that. Yeah, they have to keep telling us these things, don't they? They have to keep showing us Walter and Peter being adversarial and then being fine at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. And it's starting to do my tits in, to be honest. It's like when Scully still didn't believe in the aliens she met last week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and that scene, uh, Peter would probably annoy me in real life. (laughs) Um, Because when Walter says, they can, can they point him in the direction of the facilities? Peter says, you're in the sewer, you're knee deep in the facilities. He knows Peter, he was clearly making a joke. Yeah. It was a joke, Peter. You don't need to reply to it as though it wasn't a joke. It was a joke, Peter. It's like when someone makes a hilarious joke and then someone spells it out. And it's like, that was the joke, you idiot. Exactly. Exactly, Martin. See, you know, you get it, Martin. You're with it. Is that a dig at me, Martin? No. Good. Because I was just thinking, I don't do that, do I? Because <laughs> if I did, I'd be a hypocrite. <laughs> um, and also, there's more subtitle shit. Um, Peter says that uh, that stuff's going to kill you when water takes the poison. But the subtitles replace the word kill with poison. Bloody subtitles? So- I know. So that must be a script thing. Because subtitles usually replace big words with smaller words. You know, they usually shorten words or whatever. Yeah. So they can fit more on the screen. And, you know, because subtitles go quick sometimes. But this was a longer word. Yeah. What do you think of this scene then? The whole Walter sacrificing himself? I mean, it doesn't quite feel earned in an episode like this. I don't think it feels earned in this particular episode because of the way they two are acting with each other at the beginning. Uh, that was too forced for me. Plus, they establish it wasn't actually something Walter did. Yeah, but he still feels responsible and then... It was a bit tropey. Yes, it was. See, this is a very trope-filled episode, Martin. Yeah. Walter manages to shoot the Chimera in time, however, and they use its blood to find a cure for Charlie. And that's the end of that. I do like that Walter's like, has anyone got the time? Because he ingested poison. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Olivia goes home and lies in her bed and switches the light on. Um, And Rachel and Ella are lying sleeping on the couch. And that's, you know, how many people have slept in that couch over the past 16 episodes? Olivia's always on it. And then now you've got Rachel and Ella. And there was Olivia and Ella at one point. Probably Phantom John Scott at some point as well. Probably, yeah. Uh, John Scott? Who's he? You've never heard of him. Wait, what's his um, name? No, that was. It was John Scott. But <laughs> I was I was doing a... A crappy joke because he's no longer on the show and he was barely there. That that was a crappy joke. It was. I, see, I freely admit it, Martin. Not all my jokes can be great like yours. <laughs> Do you have a Walter line of the week? I've got a Peter line of the week. Cool. 
I just figured don't eat the evidence went without saying. Yeah, there wasn't much in this, was there? No. Although you did mention this earlier, but mine is an exchange between Peter and Walter when Peter says, we're looking for Big Bird, and uh, Walter says, don't be ridiculous, pause, perhaps a pterodactyl. (laughs) So, yeah. That bit was good. There you go. Two of my favourite things. (laughs) Big Bird and a pterodactyl in the same exchange. Um... So, uh, yeah, you mentioned that they were, you mentioned that uh, Charlie Francis's wife is actually, is, is the actor's actual wife. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you say his name, Acevedo? I just say avocado, close enough. <laughs> Kirk Acevedo, uh, avocado, uh, he'd probably kill me if I said that, he's got big arms. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was his idea to cast his wife because he says to create intimacy with someone you don't know is actually not going to work. So to have your real life wife do it, um, then you can uh, be a lot better on screen, which makes sense. Plus, it means his bird gets a paycheck. Exactly. Although credited, Blair Brown does not appear in this episode. <gasps> I never noticed. We should uh, get just get a pre-recording of that to drop in. I know, we should. And just put it in every single fucking episode because yeah. she's never there. Do you have any more facts for us, Martin? The Observer can be sighted on the TV in Charlie's house behind the newswoman. I didn't see him. And I was watching that mm. news report and I didn't even see the Observer. So there you go, the sneaky bastard did that again. Any more facts, Martin? Of course not. Yes. So what about goofs? Go and read a goof out, Martin. Oh. Read a goof for us. When Walter goes in search of the monster himself, the first part of his journey has him coming past the same broken gate that all three had walked past when they first entered the sewer. It's almost as though they only had, like, the small set. Well, judging by the sizes of the structure, the sewer is actually a storm drain. Though both gravity flow structures, the term sewer and storm drain, are not interchangeable. Sewers carry sewage to treatment plants and storm drains carry stormwater to oceans. And that's what a lot of TV shows and movies get wrong, as they call them sewers when they're actually storm drains. Which explains why the characters are usually not so disgusted by them. But they should be because they're still supposed to be sewers. Yes. That's another trope, isn't it? That humans can just freely walk about underneath a, a city. Yes. It's, yeah. I feel like we are unduly hard on this episode because it makes good use of the characters and it does what it says on the tin. And there are a lot worse episodes of Fringe this season. So I think my problems with it is more I'm here for the overall story arc and this mm. isn't that. No, I understand that. I do. I mean, I agree with you, but I just think this one is just far too tropey. It's just, it's too Monster of the Week-like for me. Um, And there's just a lot of nonsense in there. Uh, The monster's not even scary. And it's clearly 2009 um, special effects. And when we see it at the end, it looks very dodge. I don't think I've actually... Any of these episodes we've seen so far out of the 16 have actually been quote-unquote bad. I just think that maybe one or two of them aren't good. Yeah. <laughs> they're just kind of, eh, they're alright. It's fine. And as you see, they, they do a lot of things with the characters in this episode. Th- this is a big moment for Walter. 
I just wish it was in a better episode. I just wish it, you know, had some standing on everything else we've seen so far. Yeah, because the reason he does it is for something that isn't even his fault. This should have been done in one of the episodes where it was Walter's fault that the thing's happening. Yeah. Yeah. What about the um the glyphs, Martin? What do the glyphs spell out this week? Peter. Peter. They spell out Peter. The ear in the omelette was disgusting, wasn't it? Totes. Why? What? Why? That's gross. Anyway, the next episode, Martin. It's called Bad Dreams. And we've got four episodes left of the season. I'm very excited. Why? Because then that means season one's finished? No, because I remember the finale being quite good. Right, but we also have to include the, the lost episode as well. Oh, fuck's sake. We have to. We don't have to. It's our podcast. I know, but it's part we of the Can't we just link to Observing the Pan? Okay, right. So the synopsis for the next episode, Martin. As a suicide incident occurs at New York's iconic Grand Central Station, I've been there. It is quite, you know, iconic. I've not been there. I went to Penn Station. I thought of going there, Mm. but it seemed a bit silly to go across town to look at a train station. But now I kind of wish I had. Yeah. Although I have been to Gardenor, and that's very nice. It's got a good, uh, got a famous restaurant. Rare. Well, I, we didn't go to Grand Central um, to just look at it. We actually got a train. You got a train? Where did you go? Um, where did we go? Oh, actually, we were in Fishkill, which is close to Albany. So we got a train um, to New York City. So we got off at Grand Central Station. That's cool. Yeah, it was cool, actually. We we come out of Grand Central Station and um, like we just come out the onto the, the sidewalk, as Americans call it, right onto the pavement. And across the road there was a film, something getting filmed. There was cameras and all that. And people just walking by and not caring. And I was like, oh, they're used to that, aren't they? But I don't know what they were filming. But hey-ho. Uh, Agent Dunham simultaneously witnesses the event whilst asleep and dreaming in Boston. That's why it's called Bad Dreams, I assume. Mm. That's uh, Bad Dreams, that's episode 17, that's next week. Martin, mm. that's all we have time for. Fuck off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to end it there. <laughs> I'll just play the music there. <laughs> I suppose it would uh, let, you, let you know if anyone's actually listening or not. Yeah. Because I'm sure people would you know, not respond to that. <laughs> oh. Fucking hell. Right. That's all we have time for. Um, if you like to follow the podcast on Twitter, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address, and shiftybench.co.uk is the website. Where can people follow you online, Martin? At the Faldor on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Ta-ra, duck. <laughs> <laughs>